Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Inquiries of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries, which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor or Kofi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the Linktree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the now 25th episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today, I have a very special guest, author, Denver Michaels. How's it going today, man? Hi, good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, to get started a little bit, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do? Yeah, basically, uh, I just uh, I write about uh, weird, unexplained topics. Um, you know, anything from cryptids, lake monsters, Bigfoot, that sort of thing. To I, you know, I've got a I, I've got a book out on some uh, local uh, hauntings, things like that. Just um, if it's unexplained and weird, um, you know, I uh, I like to write about it. <laughs> uh, so. Considering that you're into kind of an alternative topic, uh, what happened to have gotten you into this? I can't really point to any one thing. A lot of people ask that, you know, I, you know, I, I, I didn't have that uh, Bigfoot sighting as a child or, or see a UFO when I was 10 years old. Nothing like that. I guess kind of <laughs> just always just sort of been wired that way, if that makes sense. Same with a lot of us. I feel like I'm probably the same way. I was the kid where it's not like I lived in an area where it was popular for UFOs or anything like that, but yeah. I was always interested in those types of things. Yeah, yeah, same here. I mean, you know, I, I know a lot of people do this. They, they grew up in a haunted house. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, had big 
of sightings as a kid, that sort of thing. But um, not me. I was just, um, you know, I was kind of like that weird kid that uh, checked out the books on ESP at the library. And, you know, you get down one rabbit hole and you kind of like start going down another and another. And um, it's like, here we are 30, <laughs> 30 some years later. <laughs> It's always fun, though, because it's like you get into one topic and then it furthers you into another one, kind of like you were saying, and then you realize just how deep everything really goes. It, it really does. I mean, you can, uh, you know, you can be, you know, you you could really just be look, uh, you know, reading up on like uh, government conspiracies, right? And it, it'll it'll lead you to Bigfoot or, or you know, you'll be reading up on UFOs and it, it leads you to um you know, topics like giants and, and, and that sort of thing. And then you, you know, you get into, you know, Smithsonian cover-ups. like every, everything just kind of intersects, uh, with this stuff. It, it really does. Say, so I guess starting off at a, at an earlier point, um, I've always had a huge fascination with giants. So for people that don't necessarily believe in those types of things, uh, what kind of evidence would you like to like to show people in order to start realizing that these things may have been around? Well, as far as evidence goes, and this is one of those subjects, I mean, you know, this, this is nothing that I, I think any, anyone could really prove, right? It, I mean, you almost kind of have to take it on faith, but, uh, I think the biggest evidence, uh, you know, for me at least is, um, the, uh, the, the, the myths, the, the, the legends around the world, you know, the Bible, the, uh, you know, and, and from the Bible, there's, you know, the book of Enoch. Uh, Kibra and the Gast, um, you know, then you got legends in India, uh, you know, they, uh, I mean, just pretty much, I, I don't want to say all, but uh, tons of uh, Native American tribes really have a lot of uh, uh, stories of, of these giants. And, you know, you have it in South America. I mean, it, it, it's global and all the myths and religions you know, in, in one way or another talk about giants. So, so to me, that comes from somewhere. So, so to me, that's, that's the best evidence as far as I'm concerned. But then if you, you know, if you go a step beyond that, um, uh, newspapers, county histories, um, you know, just, just all these old records, you know, from, um, especially the 1800s and, and into even up into the, you know, mid 1900s, uh, there are just all these, uh, discoveries of giant bones, you know, across the United States. And especially like in the, you know, the, the, the later part of the 1800s, as more and more people were moving West, you know, plowing up fields, uh, things like that. Just so many of these, uh, discoveries of giant skeletons and, um, and even in the Smithsonian's own records, uh, they would send field agents out to in investigate mounds uh, and, and things. And, you know, there's a, there's a couple of Smithsonian reports and, you know, you can get them online, like the fifth and twelfth uh, annual reports where, you know, their own agents recorded seven and a half foot skeletons that, you know, that they're pulling out of these mounds in West Virginia and Ohio. So, um, you know, there, there have been you know, the discoveries. And then when you couple that with, with these, uh, global myths, um, uh, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. I, I tend to say. I feel like that's one of those global cover-up stories. Cause I feel like they're a lot more prevalent to find, uh, back in the early 1900s. And it seems like as we've kind of progressed from that, they seem to try to hide those types of things. 
Uh, do you think there's any specific reason why they may try to hide these those types of things? Well, well, for me, a lot of people have asked me this, like if I think that there's a conspiracy and, and what I've always said is I don't think like there's necessarily like an ongoing conspiracy so much. I don't really, I guess what I'm trying to say, I, I don't really know that there's this, uh, like Indiana Jones warehouse that, that, that they're guarding that, that's full of these bones and things. I, and, and, you know, a lot of the people at the Smithsonian, I, I really believe that they don't have any knowledge, of the, but you can't deny the fact that their own agents, uh, you know, recorded, you know, the seven, seven foot, seven and a half foot. Uh, I, I think there's like at least 17 of them, maybe more than that. I, I you know, it's all this stuff starts to run together, but in, you know, like in the fifth and 12th annual reports. And so their own agents recorded this and, and they had very specific instructions in those reports about how they would ship the bones to the Smithsonian Institute in Washington. And with, uh, I like the, the bulk of those, uh, newspaper reports that I was telling you earlier, usually in the bottom paragraph, it says, uh, you know, the Smithsonian has been contacted and they'll be here next week to investigate or bone were shipped to the Smithsonian. So at some point they did have a lot of these bones, but I think probably my personal belief is that, uh, you know, probably, I don't know, maybe around 1930s, 1940s, something like that. I think they probably just got rid of them. I think they probably dumped them in the Potomac or, or, or something like that. So, you know, kind of what I've always thought, because, you know, it just opens up such a big can of worms. And, you know, I, I think they just got rid of them. And then anything that they would have had left, I think, by the early 90s with the, you know, inaction of, um, nagpra the native americans uh grave and repatriation act i think that they would have you know wherever the bones may have come from so if they they come from ohio or california they would have sent them to you know a, a, a tribe out that way for uh like, like your reburials is kind of what i think so i don't think they have any anymore but they certainly did i guess is what i'm trying to say so i feel like it's one of those things that like you were saying it's not necessarily a conspiracy but I talk about it frequently on my show that uh, a lot of people don't want to have their work uh, discredited. So they try to like kind of push these types of things off to the side and pretend like they didn't exist because if they, if they knew that they were ex existed for sure, they would almost rewrite the history books. And if that was the case, a lot of these people's names that had found different discoveries and said that this was the theory of how man was here, uh, they may be discredited. So they're trying to do anything that they can to try to protect their legacy. Well, well, it would. And, and, um, I think it really is as far as, uh, you know, a lot of the prevalent teachings, you know, back in the day, like, like back when all that's going on, right. There was the, um, there was the fights going on about evolution versus creation and that sort of thing. Right. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm a Bible thumper here, you know, not, nothing like that at all. But, but the point I'm trying to make is that, um, if these, uh, you know, like if the Smithsonian had these giant bones and things, right. And, and, you know, they're starting to put the theory of evolution into, into the textbook and things. well, that kind of throws a wrench in it, right. If, if in the past people were bigger, stronger, you know, they, they're healthier, you know, things like that, then that might kind of, I don't know. I, I, 
things a little weird for, for you know as far as that goes and and i think that uh, that that might have had something to do with it too i mean certainly a lot of your um you know your 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 bible believers that you know that that believe in giants think that but you know i'm not coming from it at that angle but you know if you just kind of take into you know what was going on back in the day you know yeah that's very true it also has to do with not changing people's perspective because there was that big battle between evolution and religion. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, they just don't want everybody to be split over it. So it was probably just they saw it as beneficial right. to hide them at the time. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, like like, you know, uh, you know, the Smithsonian guys or you know, the scientists in the day. I mean, you know, they 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 could have been totally right about what they're talking about, but it's like holy crap, you know, <laughs> we don't want to give these guys ammo, you know, because I mean it, it says clearly in the Bible over and over how there were giants and you know it gave specific sizes, you know, like like Goliath, you know. I mean, he was uh, almost 10 feet tall conservatively. And you know, so if you've got these uh these old records and you know, these, these giants, it would kind of point to at least some of the things in the Bible, you know, possibly being true. It, you know, it might just be easier. Like I said, just, uh, you know, take a boat out in the Potomac one evening and <laughs> just dump these things. Right. That is very true. So from your experience, I see that you like to write your books uh, according to state. So what states have you been to and what did you find to be the most interesting story in those states? Oh gosh. Uh, well, like right now, uh, so, so in 20, uh, when was it fall 2020, the wife and I sold our house and, uh, moved into an RV. And so we've been, been traveling. We've, um, pretty much covered the, the East coast and we went as far West as Arizona, Montana, but you know, during, during my travels, even before that, I, I've visited all, but, um, five States. So I've, I've been everywhere, but Alaska, Washington, Oregon, let's see where else I've missed. I missed Nebraska and Oklahoma. Those, those, those are five I haven't been to. And hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll check them off the list, but I, it, it's almost impossible, you know, to really pick like, what's the most interesting, but, uh, Fetch really was um uh southern utah and you know what i like about southern utah i mean there, there's tons of things i like but um in southern utah like you can just there's just so much public land just open land a lot of it's uh, you know bureau of uh, land management land so you're not really as restricted like you are in you know national parks like you know, you have to stay on this trail or, or this or that. So, you, you know, you got a lot more freedom out there and, and a lot of that land, man, you, you can just like find like all these dinosaur trackways. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just so cool. You, you know, you can just like be, uh, you know, kind of walking a trail and then, you know, go up on a, on, make your way up onto a plateau. And there's just like a, like a 20 foot, like, dinosaur trackway and i mean like you can see like some good prints just just in the rock i mean it's awesome and there's a bunch of places all over the place you know, and, and i mean not just you know and you're not just talking um you know the the guy with the arrow and the deer you know I mean, you have those too but you also have just like these weird petroglyphs i mean they literally look like freaking aliens you know i mean it, it really it, it really i mean some of them like have helmets on 
And I mean, you just have just all these weird petroglyphs and, um, you know, you have these petroglyphs like these, you know, the, the spirals, concentric circles. I mean, which you have a lot of uh, petroglyph sites, but, you know, like holding the spiral, right. It'll be like this, this guy that, you know, looks like he's got an antenna coming out of his head, you know, just all these weird, strange petroglyphs. And it's just, they're just everywhere out there. I mean, they really are. And it, it's just amazing to me. And, um, you know, I, I can't wait to get back out there. We, we spent about a month and a half out there, um, about a year ago, it's just about a year ago from right now. And, um, I wished I would have had more time and I, I can't wait to get back out there to, and, uh, I really need to get back out there though, and have like, uh, you know, like a high clearance vehicle. Cause there's some Patrick list sites that I couldn't get to, you know, cause I've just got a Honda CRV and, you know, it'll go a lot of places that some of those roads <laughs> out there, it just, it just can't handle it. So, uh, hopefully I can get out there in a Jeep or something one of these days. So, uh, what's your view on extraterrestrials then? Uh, I'm a believer that they saw it, then they drew it. So I feel like there's a connection why all of these old civilizations used to draw these things. I think that it may not have been, I don't know, like as, as crazy, like constant aliens popping up, but they all have different stories. So maybe there was a time when there was, they, they showed up once and then they continued it down for generations. But as far as your belief goes, what, what would you describe as extraterrestrials? Yeah. I mean, I absolutely, I, I I've always kind of said the same thing. I mean, you know, they're, they're drawing these figures, you know, because they saw them, they, they interacted with them. Um, and yeah, I, I absolutely believe that's true. I mean, you know, like I was talking about, um, there's this one site out in, uh, in Bernal, uh, not Bernal, Oklahoma, Bernal, Utah. And there's these like way up on this cliff face. And I don't even know how these how these dudes got up there to, you know, to draw these petroglyphs. I mean, I, I, was, I was just like sitting there looking at them like, like what in the world? How did they even get up there? Did they build a scaffold or something? But yeah, like, I mean, like 40 feet up in the air, there's like these two. I remember these two. They It, it looks like these guys have like, like welding helmets on, you know, they got just like these little like these little slit, um, like visor, you know, almost looks like, like a little welding lens and it, you know, just like, I mean, they're helmets. I mean, that's, that's just what they are. And, and that's, that's just one thing there. There's, there, there's tons of, of others that look, um, at, you know, for, for no better word, otherworldly. And, and I mean, I've just seen those all over the place and, and not just in, in Utah, but you know, in, in Arizona, I've seen them like in New Mexico and, 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 um, they're just, just these weird figures. And, um, you know, and, and, and on top of that, you know, you see, they always have like the, the spirals, uh, you know, concentric circles. Sometimes they have like these, the, these cross, the, these weird crosses, things like that. And you just wonder like, you know, what, what were they seeing? What, what was taking place back then? But I, I definitely think that there was, you know, some sort of extraterrestrial contact and, you know, a lot of people think that you know, it wasn't necessarily people from other planets, you know, could have been something more intradimensional or or some other worldly intelligences but but whatever it was 
they were from somewhere that's not here is, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Um, do you ever like to entertain the idea that it might possibly be people from the future? Yeah, I've thought about that. I've, I've thought about, you know, if, um, you know, if down the road, right, like um, we had figured out time travel, I mean, it, it could certainly be that. And, and the people from the future presumably would be, um, you know, they would uh, probably be healthier than we are, right? They'd probably have some of that stuff figured out, some of the physical ailments kind of figured out. So uh, I, I've always kind of thought that that is a possibility that, that you could be, could be time travelers. I don't know, like, uh, you know, may, maybe if they thought we were going to ride or maybe they were just coming back to, you know, to kind of check on us. I've also thought that maybe they were just, you know, perhaps really just closely related to us um human beings or or you know maybe uh you know very closely related to us but you know maybe from a planet that um either got destroyed or or you know maybe they were travelers maybe maybe we were seated here long ago and they you know popped in and and checked on us and that's what that extraterrestrial contact was i don't know i mean you, you can't prove it it's just it's just all kicking you know it's just all bsing at this point you know i also like to entertain the idea if there was what was it seven or eight great cataclysms maybe we're more advanced than we thought before that and maybe those yeah. were remnants of people that were left over before that and if civilization restarted it was like they forgot that knowledge after a couple generations, but there may have been one specific place. And then that kind of goes into possibly like the Atlantis stories where they may have had advanced technology and they could have been yeah. the aliens that we, you know, are seeing in these old old cave depictions and stuff of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's definitely possible. I mean, who's to say what was before us and, you know, how many worlds uh, before our own have come and gone? And, you know, I mean, who knows? We... A lot of the, the stories might even point to, you know, that there were a nuclear war at, at some point in the past that, that might have wiped out civilizations and, you know, just kind of restarted. And, and you know, we, you know we're, it, we're, we're probably on the brink of uh, getting wiped out ourselves here one of these <laughs> one of these days, the way things are looking. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe a couple of us will survive and uh you know we'll look like geniuses to uh <laughs> you know the cavemen that are left uh, or, or or the cavemen that restart or, or whatever who knows so do you think that it's possible that we're looking at america as the new world but it might actually be the old world yeah i mean for sure because uh there's there's a lot of stuff with with, with america that's uh, you know always been kind of weird it certainly seems that um i mean if nothing else it seems to me that uh, there was pre-columbian contact i mean hundreds maybe even thousands of years um you know before before what people think and that, that kind of goes back to like one of those petroglyph sites i was talking about in utah and I, I posted uh, some pictures on on one of my uh, one, one of my blog posts on my website. There's these figures at this uh, this site. It's uh, called McConkey Ranch. It's privately owned, but uh, I think they charge you like five bucks, and you know you can go go in and look at these petroglyphs. 
And I mean, there's these figures just all over these cliff faces. And I swear they look Egyptian. I mean, you, you would look at that. And my wife who, you know, she's with me, she don't care anything about this stuff, right? She's just doesn't read about it. She don't, she don't care about it. Couldn't care less. And we're, you know, walking along. She's like, it's like, oh my God, that looks like an Egyptian. I'm like, I, I'm like, I know. And like, there's this one figure, you know, he's, he's got like an Egyptian, you know, the, just the outfits, you know, that they're wearing, you know, really look Egyptian. And one of them is like holding a, what looks to be a boomerang, you know, just, just all these weird things, you know, that, that points to, you know, people being here when they shouldn't have been, you know, according to, uh, you know, what our mainstream history books tell us. It's funny you mentioned that too, because I feel like, uh, so Egypt, uh, they say that they don't necessarily know who built the pyramids because it's a possibility that, you know, just civilization walked up on those and then decided to kind of live there. Um, so do you ever wonder if Egyptian culture may have started in the Americas and then it kind of transitioned over there and then maybe just somebody else years down the line moved into Egypt and those are the people that were studying as the ancient Egyptians when they may not be? Well, I mean, I think that's possible. And, and I haven't really done um. You know, I'm really not the guy to ask much about Egypt because, I, you know, I've really not, you know, done a whole, whole, whole lot of research into it. But I think what you're talking about is, is possible and, and, and goes to other places, too. Like, um, you know, when I was in, in Peru, I visited a lot of these these old sites and, you know, they attribute it to the Inca, you know, but you can, you can just go and look and you can see the obvious difference in the stonework from, you know, from what the Inca did to what was there before. And, and what was there before looks like it was placed on top of something else that was, you know, e even grander than that. And so it seems to me like the Inca, you know, moved into some of the, like, uh, Saxe Waman, you know, a lot, a lot of your listeners might've, that's kind of popular on that uh, ancient alien show. They always, uh, you know, show the big stones there. And I think the, um, the Inca, you know, probably moved into there and, you know, just, just used it. And, and, you know, you see that all over, like, uh, you know, the Spanish did the same thing, you know, when they come into, uh, South America, like, uh, you know, in Cusco, the, um, uh, you know, they would, they would just build over, you know, the, the big stones and, and, you know, the, the Inca work that was already there and, and build churches and things. I mean, that's, that's just kind of like what we do basically, you know, the, you know, the next culture, if there's, you know, if there's a good foundation already, they'll, they'll just build on top of it. So, yeah, I think if, if the pyramids, I think are way older, you know, than, than they say they are. And there, you know, there's all kinds of traditions that, uh, you know, the, the pyramids were there, you know, before the flood. And so, yeah, I think people probably just, uh, moved in there. So, uh, since considering you said you've been to almost every state besides that handful, um, coming from somebody from Michigan, have you found anything interesting yourself in Michigan? Well, I can't say I've really necessarily found anything, but I, I find what I find interesting in Michigan. I mean, well, Michigan's a pretty cool place. And, um, 
you know, there's a ton, a ton of Bigfoot sightings up there. You know, of course, I, I didn't really uh, find anything that, that blew my skirt up. But, I mean, you could just see, like, up in the UP, there's just there's just so much land up there. And, um, you know, it really just strikes me as a place that, uh, you know, pretty much anything could be hiding out in those woods up there. But also, you know, with, with the lakes, like Lake Superior, you know, there's a Lake Monster uh, reports from up there and you know anybody that, that goes out on lake superior i mean like how can you deny that anything i mean anything could be hiding in all that water you know yeah but the one of the things that the and i have and again you know i'm i'm certainly not an expert on this but it, it's something that i've always um been kind of fascinated by was um you know the the uh the old copper mines and stuff in Michigan, like in the UP and, and things like that. There's, there's just some, some weird tales about, you know, the, the people who were mining this, you know, this copper. And, and I've always wondered, you know, like, like who were these people that, that, you know, that, uh, you, you might even know a lot more about that than me since, since you're from Michigan, but, uh, you know, those, those tales kind of, uh, really kind of stuck with me. Say I'm from uh, the Lower Peninsula near the Detroit okay. area, so I usually okay. kind of follow the Wolfman thing. Um, if you're familiar with the Wolfman of Northwestern Michigan, yeah, yeah, okay, a little bit. But uh, considering that you're into cryptids, uh, what's your favorite cryptid to follow, and which one have you seen the most evidence of possibly existing? Well, for me, I mean, I think um, the, the cryptid that I really am most interested in. I guess it would be like lake monsters slash sea serpents, that sort of thing. And the reason that I like those uh, the most is I think that out of all the cryptids out there, right? Like that could actually, that could definitely exist and, and, and go undetected. You look at all the water and, and even if you eliminate the, you know, the sea serpents, if you just take lake monsters, there's just like so many lakes and so much water and it's so deep and there's just all of this. And, and there's just so many reports of these things from all over the world. It just seems like to me that, that could be something that, that that's really out there you know some of your your cryptids or so-called cryptids uh, to me a cryptid is uh, is an undiscovered animal you know that that's how i define it mm -hmm. and you know a lot of the things that come into the cryptid category like like mothman or you know like bat squatch or you know some of these other things or or these these crawler type creatures they don't seem to me that uh to really be something that that could exist in nature you know like a like an eight foot tall winged humanoid i don't know if it could really exist in nature but like a lake monster that can absolutely positively exist and so i just um I, i've really been you know into that that that's my favorite thing as, as far as cryptids go and i and i don't mean to like throw shade on on mothman and those kind of things i i think they could exist in their own right i just i just don't look at them as an undiscovered animal i think they're more something more like in the supernatural metaphysical whatever kind of realm 
So the the lake monsters, do you think that they might be descendants of dinosaurs or do you think that they're their own own type of animal? Yeah, I think they're they're probably some sort of um, you know, prehistoric um holdover um you know, maybe something that I, I think that you know, maybe it's something there there's something that might have got landlocked you know, in, in these lakes, um, maybe after some sort of like, like we were talking about cataclysms earlier, you know, maybe after some cataclysm and, you know, as far as like our whole dating goes, as far as, um, you know, dinosaurs, uh, things like that. I mean, I don't know if we really know that things are as old or, you know, as they think they are, you know, if you, if you look, if, if you believe in cataclysms, these great cataclysms that, you know, wipe out civilizations that would kind of reset the clock on, on things. So, so maybe, uh, you know, maybe some of these, uh, you know, these, these, uh, water creatures that, that you think are, you know, a hundred million years old or, or 60 million years ago that they lived, maybe it wasn't really that long ago. Maybe these cataclysms wipe, uh, wipe things out and sort of reset the clock and, you know, they're holdovers from, from that, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, of course. So one topic that I've always been super interested in, and considering you've traveled a lot, you may know a lot about it. Uh, have you ever done in, any research into skinwalkers yourself? I, you know, that's one thing I haven't really, uh, I haven't really done a heck of a lot of uh, research on that. And, uh, you know, and kind of for a good reason, it's, it's one of those things that I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to go there too much. Uh, somebody asked me, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, like, uh, like about black eyed kids. And that was, you know, that I I've heard a lot about those, but that's a, that's another one of those deals that I, I just haven't really looked into it. Cause like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to like what I find or like, you know, it's like one of those things you worry about. If you start looking at them, are they going to start looking at you? <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm a little superstitious. I don't know, but I was actually out. You know, like I said, I was out in, um, Vernal, Utah, and it was about a year ago around Memorial day, uh, last year. And, um, you know, so I was real close to, uh, where the skinwalker ranch is, you know, and like, like I drove out there, but you, you know, you can't really see anything. I mean, it's all, you know, I, I forget the dude that bought it. It's like all private property. You, you can't really see anything there, there's gates and, and stuff. So, uh, you know, but from what I understand in, in that whole area right there, there's, there is a lot of weird phenomena, but I mean, I, I didn't really experience anything myself but you know of course i you know I'm, I'm only there for a week so so considering that you've seen a lot of different things and done a lot of research into different things what might some cryptids be that more most people haven't heard of oh gosh well well one of those uh like one of the things that that you hear about and i'm not really sure if it's a like if it's really a cryptid or not or if it's you know, more something that like, like I said earlier, it's more, uh, belongs in the metaphysical, uh, category, but you, you hear, I don't want to say you hear a lot, but you hear some these days about these crawler creatures and, you know, like they're really weird. They're like, they're like pale, hairless humanoid, um, 
you know, creatures and, and like people spot them and, and like, they just like crawl really fast, like, <laughs> like on all fours. And it's just, you know, and, you know, I mean, I kind of laugh about it, but I mean, you know, sincere people, um, you know, come forward with, with these sightings and, you know, supposedly they're, you know, they're kind of like just, just hairless. Um, you know, sometimes people report them having like long, um, fangs or, or, or like sharp teeth, like real deep eye sockets. And it's just, uh, just a really bizarre, um, kind of thing that I, I mean, I just don't really have a good ex explanation for them. Uh, some, you know, some people think they, you know, might live underground. They, you know, they might be something extraterrestrial or, you know, some people think maybe they're like ev even demonic or something. I, I really don't know what to make of them, but, uh, you know, a fellow, um, you know, contacted me through my website and, you know, told me about, uh, one that he saw like uh he was in virginia uh he was actually out uh bow hunting and uh you know when he was walking back to his truck out of his tree stand um yeah he saw one of these things it was just really just just really bizarre you know and i i honestly don't know what to make uh, of them but that's uh that that's one of your weirder ones for sure so in your travels, what would you believe is probably the strangest thing you've come across as far as maybe an old story or different uh, fossils of something? Just the strangest thing that you you yourself have personally ever come across? Oh, God, it, it's really hard to narrow it down, right? I mean, it's like you could ask me this question tomorrow, give you a different answer. Ask me some ask me a month from now, I'll give you a different answer. But, uh, like for me, I don't know if it's the strangest, but, but to me, it's the most interesting and, and probably like one of the favorite, uh, probably one of my favorite things from my travels. Um, so, uh, natural bridges, national monument in Utah, and I don't even know what town to tell you it's I, I wouldn't even know the address. Cause like the closest town is like an hour away. It is literally like just in the middle of the desert in utah but anyway it's natural bridges national monument and they have all these you know just all these uh real big arch uh you know uh bridges and at the kachina bridge which is which is one of them like down on the base of it there's just all these petroglyphs i mean just like all over the base and um so anyway like uh one of the petroglyphs, I mean, it looks like a long neck dinosaur, right? And I first learned about this, I, I want to say like back in the nineties, right? Like, you know, I'm almost 50 years old. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of dating myself, but back, back in the, you know, 96, 97, you know, when the internet was, I, I, I wouldn't want to say it's new, but people were just like starting to get it in their homes. And, uh, it's one of those things that I, uh, that I come across on the internet was like, I was like, Holy crap, that looks like a dinosaur. And, um, so, you know, I had wanted to see it, you know, for all those years. And so when I was out in uh, Utah, it was just probably about an hour and a half drive from where I was, but I, I drove out there and I hiked down to that bridge 
and it's kind of a rigorous hike because it's like straight down and up and you know the elevations you know 6500 feet something like that for for an east coast guy you know you're you're kind of panting on, on your way up but you know i got down there and there's just all these cool petroglyphs and i was telling you you know and, and this place too it's got some some of those like alien looking uh petroglyphs there but i couldn't find the uh the dinosaur that i that uh you know that i'd read about so you know i went back the next day and i finally found it and sure enough man i mean it it looks just like and it's right under like a a kachina looking petroglyph a kachina figure and it looks like a long neck dinosaur. I mean, it, it's just crazy. And, and, uh, like right across from it, there's another one that that's not quite so pronounced and, and along the bridge, there's, there's like two others that kind of look like dinosaurs. And, um, you know, I've read all the scientific papers about it. So, you know, nobody needs to, you know, at me on social media or, or, or anything because because i've i've read all everything that the naysayers say about it you know this blood stain blah 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 but no i mean it looks exactly like a long neck dinosaur it, it's just crazy how much it looks like one and not only that but i've seen others that looks you know in in other places in utah that look similar to a dinosaur so it just it just really blew me away to see it in person and kind of like back what we were talking about earlier i mean you know do we really know you know what was here or what what these ancient people were were seeing you know back then so I feel like a lot of it comes down to theory. And then uh, from there, it, we start believing it as fact. But theoretically, anybody could come through and rewrite history. And we wouldn't know any different as soon as it becomes a couple generations later. Um, the more I've started to hear from these types of different things, I kind of believe that it's possible that humans are around as, at the same time as dinosaurs or as yeah. some dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not suggesting, you know, that... Uh... You know, it was like the land before time, like like those old movies or anything. But I mean, you know, who's to say when something goes extinct? And I mean, if you, you know, if if you listen to some of the tales from, um, you know, from South America, from South America especially, you know, it certainly seems that, um, you know, that 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 the people there have have seen dinosaur-like creatures into recent memory and then you've got you know in africa uh the tales of uh Mokili and bembe that that sounds like a like a diplodocus um you know who's to say you know when when everything's extinct and um you know these these uh you know these these, these petroglyphs that that i've seen uh i mean it just it, it just looks just like a dinosaur. And I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to say, but, but that I, that I think that that's what, what they were, um, you know, what they were recording there, you know, there's a lot of old stories about dragons too. I kind of believe that a lot of these things may have been what people were perceiving as dragons, even if they didn't necessarily breathe fire, like they've been depicted. Um, there's a lot of stories talking about giant reptile like beings throughout history. Well, and that's the thing too, like, uh, like we were talking earlier about giants, like how every culture, you know, 
maybe not every culture, but cultures across the globe, you know, have those tales of giants. Well, uh, dragons is, is kind of worldwide too, right? I mean, you know, Chinese dragons in Europe, you, you know, you have all the dragon tales. And so, you know, the word dinosaur was not even coined till like sometime in the 1800s. So I just kind of think that until then people just called them dragons, right? People just called dinosaurs uh, dragons. And, you know, so I think that, um, you know, there, there is a, a recent memory of those things. And, and, you know, it, 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 in some places it's etched in stone and, and in others it's recorded as, uh, some of these dragon stories. So also considering that you've done a lot of travels in the United States, I know that there's a lot of very interesting Native American tales. Uh, what do you think is the most interesting Native American tale that you've heard? Well, for me, like um, something that fascinates me is the uh, the Native American tales of of mammals, and and this kind of goes back to the to the dinosaur stuff that we're talking about. Um, there are tons of uh native american stories about you know mammoths into uh existing into contemporary times where uh you know they they hunted these things and you know especially out west and um uh, in um what am i trying to say here like uh when when thomas jefferson in in his notes you know talking to uh meriwether lewis uh, of the lewis and clark expedition you know he told them a giant sloths and and mammoths uh out west and um and, you know supposedly uh there were these mammoth bones uh you know st- intact you know out at uh big bone lick in in kentucky and and for these things to to be intact right they they couldn't have been that old you know they they would they would have decayed and and they've just had uh there's just a lot of native american tales about mammoths living into contemporary times i i don't know if there's and, and you know i've even heard uh you know a few people talk about up in uh like the Northwestern territories of Canada, um, you know, that there might even, uh, still be some, some mammoths and up, up there. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I would, I would certainly entertain the possibility, but I would at least think that, uh, mammoths did not all die off at the end of the last ice age, but might've survived up to a few hundred years ago. And, um, if anyone, you know, would like to, you know, kind of read more on that, there's a good book I would recommend. It's called red earth, white lies by a uh, vine Deloria jr. Um, he was a, uh, you know, a, a native American, uh, activist, um, you know, best known for a, a book in the sixties, Custer died for your sins, but, uh, the, uh, red earth, white lies, it kind of challenges some of the, um, what I want to say, like established scientific fact kind of challenges some, some of those, uh, for, like from a native American perspective, you know, taking, taking a lot of the oral histories. And, and in that book, he talks a lot about, a lot about giants, a lot about these, um, uh, you know, uh, how, how a lot of the giants were, you know, like white skinned, uh, red haired and, um, you know, about these, um, you know, the contemporary existence of mammoths. So, um, 
that's to, to me, you, you know, the, the fact or, or the possibility that these uh, mammoths and mastodons might have existed up until fairly recently is uh, very interesting to me. I definitely feel like if there was anything that would have been able to live through the ice age, it would have been the mammoths. And I've seen a lot of more recent stuff, just like you were saying. And as you were talking, I started kind of thinking, too, um, if there was stories of giant sloths, do you think some of these giant bones could have possibly been giant sloth bones? Well, I mean, some people think that and um, that, that is something that, that, that a lot of people think and, and maybe in certain instances that that could be true. I, I don't I don't want to say that that's not possible in some interest in some instances but for the but for that to explain the phenomenon as a whole i would say no because what you find with a lot of these giant bones is they were you know buried in an elaborate manner right they're they're buried in these mounds like the, like these magnificent mounds with you know with with these big vaults and a lot of times i mean they had like normal sized people you know like buried in there with them like you know like as presumably as guards right or you know uh, what have you and you just wouldn't think that people would go through that kind of trouble for a sloth you know what i'm saying um you know so i i think maybe in some instances where you know maybe just some random bones were found like yeah sure it, it could be a sloth but but for the most part i i, I don't think that that really uh, goes far enough to explain things so I hear you're working on a new book also. Uh, would you like to describe your new research that you've been working on in your new book to the listeners? Well, the new book that I'm working on is called, um, tentative, tentatively called, uh, we'll, you know, my publisher will, uh, you know, kind of determine the final name, but it's uh, Strange Tales uh, from Virginia's Foothills to the Coast. And it's kind of a follow-up to one that I did called Strange Tales from Virginia's Mountains. This kind of covers uh, central, northern, and eastern Virginia. And it's a lot like the first in that, you know, one part of the book talks about uh, cryptid sightings, things like that. But the, the next section is different in that it deals with uh, buried treasure tales in Virginia. You know, it talks about some of the Confederate gold, um, colonial gold, pirate treasure, uh, that sort of thing. And then the, the last, uh, the last part of the book just kind of goes in all different directions, right? It just, uh, just kind of like miscellaneous, uh, weird stories. And, uh, you know, growing up, I, I, I'm, I was born and raised in Virginia and lived there right up until I started traveling. So, um, you know, the, these, these local books, they might not have, a have have a lot of appeal to a you know a nationwide audience but but for me it, it's a lot of fun writing these these kind of local books and, and like for your listeners you know maybe somebody in oklahoma or, or or michigan that might be listening don't be put off just because it's virginia because there's a lot of cool stuff in there if you like weird stories you know you'll you'll like you'll like the book so I also heard that you've done some, I guess, supernatural slash paranormal research also. Uh, what's the most interesting stories that you've heard as far as that kind of stuff goes? Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to pin these down. Like, uh, one of the things that I find interesting, um, you know, doing some research for a, 
and, and this was another kind of kind of local book from Virginia called a haunted Shenandoah Valley that I, that I did fairly recently. Like some of the things that interest me the most was, um, some of these tales from the, uh, late 1800s, um, there were a couple instances, not just a couple, but a couple that, I, that I, that I put in the book of these, um, like just stones falling from the sky and uh you know like like just pelting <laughs> these houses there's like one in clark county where this guy like just these stones would just start falling from the sky and, and, and pelting his house and like you know so he's like trying to figure out what the heck's going on and you know never could find anybody throwing anything and then you know the um the activity ratcheted up and like uh you know stuff would just start kind of like the poltergeist movies right i mean stuff would just come flying out of his cupboards and and things like that and something very similar was happening you know maybe 100 100 miles away or so around the same time frame down in um down in augusta county you know this this guy would have these stones just just falling in his down on his house and, and he talked to and and there was like newspaper articles like from the day and how these stones when they landed would like like burn the grass it just just real this this is really weird stuff and um that's something you don't really um you don't really hear so much about these days and um you know not really not really sure why maybe maybe the ufo phenomenon has kind of uh replaced it because you know in a lot of your ufo reports uh the grass is sometimes singed when uh you know when people report a you know a craft landing so you know so maybe there's uh maybe the same thing is kind of going on just uh it's just taking a different form i don't really know but uh, but definitely those those stories like from the late 1800s i mean they were in you know newspapers all over virginia about these just you know just these stones falling on these houses i just i just i'm real fascinated by that see i feel like it kind of relates to uh to the alien topic so considering that what would you say is probably your most compelling extraterrestrial ufo alien type story oh lord or one of your most compelling i guess <laughs> well i mean you know to me it's just the um i mean I've, I've seen some weird things you know like 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 moving around in the in the sky you know had a couple sightings uh 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 one was uh probably in clark county virginia you know just saw these weird um me and my wife we were driving home and just uh it was probably around 10 o'clock at night and we just saw like these two spheres you know and they just they, they were just these glowing spheres and they they would change colors and like like just like dart in just in all these ways that like there, there, there's no way anything and and you know even if you say the government's 50 years ahead in technology they ain't got nothing that can move like this and just like you, you know it just just uh saw these these weird spheres uh, you know moving and, and just kind of like bursting changing colors and dimming 
you know, that's, you know, just that. And, 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 you know, I'm not alone in that. I mean, you know, probably millions of people have seen things way, you know, way more compelling than that. And, you know, and then, uh, and, and that's not even taken into account all the, um, you know, the reports out there, these alien abductions and, and things like that. So, um, you know, that, that sort of stuff, it just puzzles me that whole, whole topic really, <laughs> really just puzzles me. And I really don't have any, any good answers for anything. Uh, from your experience, do you believe that aliens are more so an extraterrestrial thing or an interdimensional thing? I mean, I don't know. I, I really, uh, I mean, I'm open to, to both possibilities and I don't know that they have to be exclusive. Really? I mean, you could have both going on, you know, you, 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 you could have both things going on. You could also have some other intelligence that's, you know, projecting thoughts into people. You could, at the same time, you could, you could also have demons doing stuff. I mean, who the heck knows? I, I, I think that, uh, people tend to narrow in on, it has to be one or the other, and it could be a little bit of column a, a little bit of column B, a bunch of column D. It could be a whole bunch of different things going on. I mean, who's to say, I mean, you know, if you did have interdimensional, um, you know, travelers or visitors. And I, and I, I certainly believe in that. I think, um, I think there are portals, uh, to other worlds, um, you know, in, in, in various places that doesn't, um, you know, that wouldn't rule out that there's visitors from other planets or solar systems coming here too. you know, um, the, the, the way that I look at it. So it could depend on the race too. Because there's a lot of different types of alien sightings, so there could be some that are inter interdimensional, and then there could be yeah, some that are extraterrestrial. You know, it's 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 all you know, it's it's all just hearsay, and and you know, it's all just conjecture, you know. But um, I mean, I definitely believe that there are um, you know, other dimensions. Um, I think that there probably are these portals or or windows to other worlds. Um. You know, and I think it might explain a lot of, um, it could explain a lot of these, uh, uh, strange sightings you see, uh, or, or hear about of, um, you know, the, these weird creatures so, you know, that, like that I was talking about earlier, that doesn't seem like that they could really exist in nature, but I mean, people do see these, these weird things. And I mean, you got no reason to doubt that, that, that they're, that they're seeing something, uh, you know, may, maybe there's these windows where, where things can come over here, you know, momentarily and then, you know, kind of, kind of vanish back to where they came from. And, and who knows that could even explain a lot of your weird, uh, disappearances and, and things that, that, that take place too. Who knows? Speaking of disappearances, I'm always very intrigued by abduction stories. Um, in your travels, what do you think is the most interesting abduction story that you've personally come across? Well, uh, you know, like like uh, like I said earlier, you could ask me this uh, a month from now, and I'd probably tell you something totally different. But um, to me, one of the, or, or one of my favorite, I guess, and is is that the that carl higdon um abduction story and um 
you know, I'm certainly not an expert on it, but just to give people a little background, an oil worker out in Wyoming, um, his crew called in sick, right? And so, like, like, like he went home, grabbed his gun. It was in elk season, went out elk hunting. And while he was elk hunting, um, he was essentially abducted by this, uh, this, this weird extraterrestrial like figure. And, um, you know, supposedly according, uh, his, his wife wrote a book, uh, you know, about the abduction and, and I read it and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty good, uh, compelling account. And, you know, supposedly he, he was taken like 163, let's see, what is it? 163,000 light years away. And he was supposed to be examined, but, uh, you know, when the aliens took him there, like, they're like, nah, he's not what we want. So, so they like took him back. And, you know, and he talked about being at this, this place where there's this big tower that projected light that looked kind of like the, the space needle in Seattle. And anyway, he gets, he gets back and, you know, he's essentially in a state of shock and it, it, it was just a, just a really strange tale. And, um, it, it was, it, it, it happened, uh, not far from, uh, uh, Rollins, Wyoming, uh, out kind of close to a uh, medicine bow national forest. And so I really kind of wondered about that case, you know, when I was out there last year, I, I didn't get to visit the, the, uh, the site where, um, you know, where he had his encounter, but, um, and you know, I mean, I, what, what would I have been able to investigate anyway? I mean, it happened back in the seventies. But uh, it, it was just really interesting to me, that that story. Say, so as far as South America goes, since we've been talking a lot about uh, North America, uh, what do you think is the most interesting things that you've experienced or seen um, as far as South America? Well, in South America, I mean, um, as far as, uh, you know, the uh, those old megalithic sites in, in South America fascinate me. And, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier, like Saxe Woman, it's a, they, they call it an Inca fortress, you know, excuse me, in the, uh, on the mountain, like above, uh, Cusco, but there's, there, you know, there's others there's, I mean, there's just, I mean, they're just all over the place, even in Cusco. I mean, there's like how, uh, apartments and, um, you know, just shops like built right on top of these, you know, these massive, uh, you know, uh, megalithic stonework, it, you know, it's just incredible to see. And, you know, I'm really fascinated by, by that stuff, but, um, also, um, in South America, you know, in, in, uh, in the Amazon, I'm really fascinated by, uh, you know, just some of the stories you hear of these, um, these strange creatures that, that might exist out there. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that there are, like you can read the, uh, like if you read uh, Percy Fawcett's uh, uh, journey, what what is it called? Exploration Fawcett journey to the lost city of Z. He talks about giant anacondas uh, in the Amazon, and um, 
and these long neck dinosaurs that that people have encountered out there and uh, you know having uh having seen that part of the world i mean it just it just strikes you like anything could literally be living there um i uh i stayed in a in a lodge um out on the uh near the uh, rio tambo potter river and you take a boat from uh from this little town called uh, puerto maldonado and it's like i mean it's it's like a three and a half hour boat ride one way and like almost a five hour boat ride the other way you know depending on you know if you're going up or down because because the current and i mean there's like nothing it's just it's just crazy how isolated it is and i mean i've been to all over the u.s and you know places in texas right where you're 80 miles from a mcdonald's and that seems isolated right well it ain't nothing compared out here you, you can't even get a car anywhere out there it's it's all by boat and then you know you uh, hike around a little bit in, in, in the jungle there and stuff. I mean, you know, not very far from camp, you know, cause you'd be, you'd be crazy to go real far back in there, not, not knowing the terrain or anything, but it just strikes you that, I mean, who's to say what could, what could live in there? I mean, it just, it, it's really mind boggling, you know, when you see it firsthand. So there's definitely a lot of stories about giant snakes as far as South America goes, even going back into the ancient cultures. So I definitely feel like that's probably the biggest possibility. Um, if that is a possibility, do you believe in the theories of like hollow earth and that possibly it may not necessarily be different races of people, but it might be uh, that people have developed these stories because of giant snakes possibly like burrowing? Well, I, I, I'm kind of like... Uh kind of tie um i think the hollow earth stuff is interesting i i mean and i mean like if the earth is hollow it would, it would probably really explain a lot of stuff if, if you think about it i mean that could you know you could have like ufos coming out of there you could have some of your cryptid creatures coming out of there and i just read an article on i don't remember if it's on live science or or where but it was like a reputable um you know, kind of like sciencey uh, uh, newspaper or something, where uh, you know, like this big sinkhole in China, like like six hundred foot deep sinkhole in China, had like a forest growing in it, and you know, had like this uh, you know this weird life that nobody thought could uh, you know could could live in there, and that really made me start thinking about the uh, the hollow earth theory kind of recently. So I I, I mean I I'm kind of on the fence about that but as far as like these giant snakes i mean i think that they they definitely could exist like uh you know there's there's a lot of stories um you know about these uh some people call them giant anacondas i, I don't guess it would really be an anaconda but you know they burrow in the ground and they're you know 15 feet in diameter 100 150 feet long and you know, supposedly the, the ground shakes when these things, uh, when these things move, uh, supposedly they, they can hibernate for years and, and when they come out of their burrows, they'll, they'll go like toward a water source. And, and a lot of times this will like uproot trees and things like that. Um, I, I, I 
put a report in one of my books from as recently as like, uh, I want to say like 1997 when, uh, supposedly one of these things awakened in Peru and, and went toward the river and just, you know, just like leveled all these trees and things. So, I mean, I think those things definitely, um, could exist as crazy as it sounds. So considering that you've done a lot of research as far as North and South America, if there is any place that you could go overseas, uh, what would it be? And why would you be interested in going there? Well, I mean, if I, if I could choose one place, um, you, you know, it would be Antarctica just cause like, you know, you don't know anybody that's went to Antarctica, right? I mean, you know, a few people have, but it would be kind of cool to say, yeah, man, I went to Antarctica. So, I mean, that would be cool, but, uh, really I would, um, I, you know, truthfully, I would love to just go back to South America and go to some places that, you know, that I hadn't been, I, you know, I didn't get to go to Bolivia. I haven't been to Brazil. You know, there's some places there I would like to go, but I would also really like to, uh, to go to Africa as well. Um, you know, Europe, I mean, sure. I'd like to go, but, um, I guess if I had to pick one place though, um, even more than Antarctica, I, I would probably like to go to Easter Island. I mean, it's, it's definitely on my bucket list and, um, you know, me and the wife kind of kicked it around, uh, you know, a few years ago about, about trying to go there, but you know, it ain't cheap for one. It, it definitely ain't cheap. And, um, you know, it just, it's just so remote and out there. It's, uh, you know, hopefully I can get out there one of these days. Say from uh, the research that you have done, what do you think is the story of Easter Island? Uh, if you had to just make an educated guess. Well, you know, when, when the Dutch discovered Easter Island, supposedly there were these 10, 12 foot red haired giants on, on Easter Island. And there are also, you know, your, your, your Polynesian people there too. There were like two groups of people there. And, um, you know, years later, like when the, um, you know, when the English, uh, came in, you know, and, and the Spanish, and this is probably, you know, 40, 50 years later, whatever, you know, those, uh, you know, the, those giant people were not there. So it just seems like that, uh, there might be like this real weird, um, history of Easter Island that, that we just, that we just don't know about. Um, you know, there's, um, you know, there were supposedly, you know, according to some legends, the, uh, you know, the Polynesian people overthrew the giants, uh, you know, that, that were, uh, subjugating everybody on the island and um you know i guess rid the island of them but it just seems like the island you know it's kind of weird you know for a pacific island like like there's no trees there you know it's just uh it just seems kind of like a weird place it's got this whole history that uh we just don't really know what happened very true so <clears throat> considering how the times are going I find it very interesting that you were able to be one of those people that's able to live in an RV and actually get to see America. So what suggestions would you give to somebody if they were also interested in trying to do something like that? Well, okay. So the first thing is, um, you know, like, 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 
you know, when I'm planning to do this and like budgeting everything, I mean, like I, and, and I would always do this like, uh, when, when like the wife and kids and I would, would go on vacation, I would always figure like worst case scenario, what's it going to cost and then tack on 25% on top of that. Well, that's kind of hard to do these days with, you know, the way the inflation's going and stuff like, like my worst case scenario, what I thought gas prices would be like, like we're a buck above that now <laughs> and, and not only that but the groceries and, and things are more so you really need to you know kind of figure out you know like if like if things do uh you know if we get out there things do get really bad you know what's our plan b Can, you know is there is there places we could go and you know like maybe hang out for longer than we are. Are we, in other words, are we going to be flexible on our plans? Or are we going to be like, boom, 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 boom. Got to see this place, this place, you know, like, like the way my, the way me and my wife do it. We usually try to stay in a place for at least a week. And sometimes we'll stay in a place for like three weeks. Right. And then, and then maybe go a couple hundred miles away, stay another two weeks. So, you know, if you, if you, you can kind of, uh, control some of your gas expenses, things like that. If you, you know, if you kind of slow down a little bit. So I, I would just uh, tell people to keep in mind, you know, the way that inflation and stuff is going and, you know, things are, things come in cycles. It, it's, it's going to straighten itself out. Everybody acts like it's the end of the world, but it's not, it, it'll, it'll be fine. It might get really worse before it gets better, but you know, it's, th things will be okay. And I would, I certainly wouldn't let any of this stuff going on in the world stop you, right? Because none of us are guaranteed another day. And if it's your dream to get out there and travel, we'll, we'll go ahead and do it. Because, uh, you know, like for me, I sold my house right, right when all the COVID stuff was going on and everything was locked down. But I decided, you know, hey, I mean, I, I don't know what the future is going to hold. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And, you know, sure, I could wait till till this COVID stuff is over, but number one, I don't know if it's going to be over, and number two, you know, who says that I've got one to two years to just waste, you know, sitting around waiting for something to be over, like not, you know, I could like slip in the bathtub and break my neck tomorrow, so I might not have another day. So you know, if if you want to do it, you know, just go ahead and do it. But just keep in mind that uh, you know it is kind of tricky times. So you you know you just kind of need to think about if you know if things get worse. Uh, you know, as far as your you know how you're going to pull it all all financially, I guess. So if somebody was interested in trying to get into the process of writing research books. Uh, what type of suggestions would you recommend for them to get started on doing these types of things? Well, I mean, for one, you, uh, I actually had a cousin ask me this, uh, about writing a book. No, no yeah, number one, you got to do it because, uh, you have to have a passion for it. You have to really like doing it. So, you know, that, that would, that would be my main, you know, my main thing. You really gotta, gotta look at it as this is something I want to do because I, I enjoy it because, you know, you might be <laughs> speaking from experience. You, you might be kind of disappointed with some, <laughs> with some of those royalties that come in. It might not be as much as you think. So, so don't do it thinking that, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book and 
you know, I'm, I'm going to be all right. Cause you might not be. So, so just make sure you really like doing it and, you know, just, just take your time with it, you know, hone your craft. Um, there's a couple of books that I've written that, you know, maybe I wish I kind of, kind of would have waited, a you know, a couple, couple more months to release. Cause I, you know, maybe I could have fine tuned some things better, this or that, but you know, if you want to do it again, kind of like the travel, just, uh, you know, just go ahead and do it. Don't, don't let the, don't let the naysayer stop you. If, um, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with your self-confidence, you know, the just go ahead and do it. I mean, I mean, what's the worst that can happen, you know, just, just get out there and do it. What, whatever you want to do, I would encourage people to just do. So considering that you've written so many books, uh, what would you say are your personal favorite books that you've written and what are they about? Yeah, I, you know, I think, uh, I really liked, uh, I, 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 and I worked on it for over three years. My, my giants men of renown book. I really liked that book. It was a lot of fun to write. Um, but again, this is one that I wish I kind of maybe would have waited six months to a year to, um, you to release. Cause I don't know that I really nailed the end of the book the way that i wanted to you know i, I just kind of wrestle with that eh, did i really you know the rest of the book I, i'm like oh man that, that's really good but I, I don't know if i nailed the ending but but whatever i maybe i could have sat on it another five years and not not stuck the landing but i i really liked uh writing that book it's a lot of fun it, it just was a uh, kind of a culmination of, of a lifelong interest for me, uh, that, that began, you know, like as an eight-year-old boy in Sunday school, you know, with the, with the David and Goliath story and just all those, all those years. And, and, um, and, and like we talked about earlier, giants, that kind of the, the giants topic. I mean, that, that touches on aliens for some people that touches on Bigfoot that touches on government conspiracies and, and, and all that. So that was a fun book to write. And, um, and, and the, the, and another book that was really, I mean, all my books were fun to write, but you know, like, like my favorites, uh, uh, the, uh, the strange tales from Virginia's mountains was just a ton of fun because, um, you know, growing up in Virginia, it was, it was kind of, um, it was kind of cool to, um, you know, even though I always thought it was kind of a boring state and you know, I couldn't, as a boy, I always wanted to move, you know, it, it was just kind of like a tip in my hat to, you know, to my old, uh, you know, to my old stomping grounds. And, uh, and, and it, it was just a lot of fun to, to do something local. You know, I, uh, local books are, are really cool. I think. And, and in my travels, I, I try to pick up, uh, books like, like local books. I, I, I like to, to kind of pick them up when I can, when I see them. It's funny that you mentioned your giants book, because that was actually my personal favorite book that you had. And that was the whole reason why I contacted you and wanted <laughs> yeah. you to be on my show. Was yeah, well, that, that's cool. That book. <laughs> I, I appreciate, I appreciate you checking that book out, man. It was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of work. I mean, it was a ton of work putting that book together and it, it took me a long time to, uh, 
you know, uh, to get it put together. And I, you know, I got to give a shout out to, you know, adventures, unlimited press. They, they took a chance on me and published it. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate them doing that. And, you know, they've, uh, distributed it and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't thank them enough. Um, but, uh, it was, it was really a, a, a fun book for me to do. So considering that you're a writer, I would assume, of course, that you do also love to read. So if you had to pick probably, let's say, three books that you think that everybody should read, what is your three personal favorite books? Well, let's see. So, I mean, so I, I guess I'm just kind of a weirdo. So I'll just say that people that are like-minded with us, maybe not so much everybody, this doesn't pertain to the entire population, but, uh, so I just say for like-minded people that like this podcast and like this kind of uh, subject matter. Um, so I would say, I, I really like the, uh, that, uh, now, I mentioned it earlier, uh, Journey to the uh, Lost City of Z, Exploration Falls, Journey to the Lost City of Z. I really like that book. And, you know, and I know that, um, you know, that he, uh, Persky Fawcett, he was, um, you know, British explorer, early 1900s. And I know that um, those guys are not really cool <laughs> these days, you know, but, you know, still, you know, the, the things he writes about and, you know, to, you know, to, to be able to have seen the places that he saw the way that he describes them, it just really, oh man, it, it's just like, oh, I wish I could, could have seen, you know, these places back then, you know, back, back before maps, you know, I mean, he was out there like surveying the boundaries of Peru and Brazil and, you know, he really, and, and in his books, uh, or in his book, he talks a lot about, uh, you know, some of those ancient mysteries, um, you know, in that part of the country, it, it gets into some cryptid animals like we've talked. So that's, that's a really great, uh, uh, great book. Um, another book, uh, so I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, John Keel's writings. You know, most people are familiar with the Mothman prophecies. Um, you know, that's a great book. Um, I, I really like, uh, operation Trojan horse of his and, uh, kind of, kind of a tie between that and the eighth tower that really kind of gets into, um, you know, just how, like, all of this phenomena, you know, from Bigfoot sightings to cryptid creatures to UFOs, everything is kind of interconnected. Uh, so, you know, one of those two, right? I, I really like those two. Um, gosh, uh, I mean, I got so many books I like. I mean, one of my favorite books is actually uh, Danger My Ally. Um, from uh, fa mitchell hedges and 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 again he's he's one of those british explorers you know you kind of like god like what's wrong with this guy like like some of the things <laughs> you know he's writing about you know but um the way he ends it's kind of some of the way he he talks about in the book and, and really the way he ended the book like really I guess it just kind of like hit me at the right time. Right. Cause at the end of the, his book, he's like, uh, I don't know. He's like 70 years old. Can't really go out anymore. Um, 
you know, and this is after a life of, um, you know, exploring on, you know, several continents and, 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 you know, doing all kinds of cool things. And, but at the end of his book, it, I, I guess I liked the book because it spoke to me when I needed to be spoken to, but he, he just kind of sums the end of his book up. Like, like, you know, whatever it is you want to do, just go out there and do it. It doesn't matter if you end up broke and penniless. It doesn't even matter if you die, really. You will have lived your life doing what you want to do, and you will have, you know, uh, been a great example to um, to other people, you know. And 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 the, uh, the one of the last uh, paragraphs in the book says that uh, life that is lived without zest and adventure is not life at all. It's a state of being half dead. And that's really my favorite quote, like, like from anybody. And, and if you think about that, it's true. I mean, Hey, how many of us and, and, you know, how long, you know, did I, you know, just sit in traffic, just a, just a mindless zombie. And, you know, you just go to work every day, going through the motions and I'm not telling everybody to go out there and quit your jobs or any, you know, you know, you, you know, you got to think it through. Right. But, you know, if, if you really think about what's important, right. It's not, you know, it's, it's not getting the bigger house or, you know, moving up another, another level at your job. It's, it's the experiences you have in life. And, you know, that quote just hit me at the right time. You know, when, when my wife and I had really been uh, talking about, uh, you know, once we got the kids out of college, you know, I mean, cause, cause we're a good ways away from retirement age. And, but we just talked about, you know, not, not retiring so much, but just, you know, screw it. We're just, you know, we're, we're getting out of the, uh, the rat race and just kind of, kind of, kind of doing our thing, what we want to do. And, and, um, you know, th those quotes from the end of that book, just, uh, kind of solidified that for me and helped, uh, give me a little bit of courage, I guess. It's inspiring to see people that are actually able to do those things because I always say that I feel like the meaning of life is experience. It and is. It seems like you kind of feel the same way. It, it is. And, you know, I mean, I can think of, um, you know, there was a time in my life when, it, when I was younger. And, and, you know, I mean, I, in my younger days, you know, my twenties, I mean, I mean, I didn't really have any money to go on vacation or, or go places or take trips, you know, but, uh, you know, as, as I did do things like, like in my thirties, when I had just a little more money, you know, you'd think about, oh man, like, you know, it, it, this, this costs some money to, to go here, do this, but you know, when it's all said and done, yeah. I mean, it hurts like hell paying that, that credit card statement off or, or whatever, but I, I wouldn't trade those experiences that I had. You, you couldn't give me that money back times 50, you know, for me to trade a lot of the experiences I've had, you know, like, um, I, you know, it is, uh, like, like I said, it's, it's, there's been some challenging things and, you know, and money wise with, uh, you know, with inflation and stuff, it's kind of hit us recently, but I ain't going back to that rat race. I'll figure something else out. I'm just, you, you know, I, I'm not going back to that, to that mindless, just, um, just existing kind of life anymore. And, um, 
you know, and again, I'm not encouraging everybody to, to be, <laughs> to be reckless and to let your kids go hungry or nothing like that. I get it. it. It's not easy for everybody to do. And it, you know, it, it takes some planning and stuff like that, but, um, there's, there's definitely experiences are far more important than money. And, and like I said, you couldn't, the experiences I've had, the places I've been, I, I wouldn't trade it for all the money in the world, you know? I was going to say, I feel very similar to that. I kind of work a rat race job. So I'm hoping that if I keep building up, I can eventually get to a point where I can maybe just, I don't need to be a rich man, but just enough yeah. that I can, you know, enjoy myself and get to do the things I want to do, such as reading and researching. So it's, yeah, it's awesome and, to see people that are actually able to do those things. Yeah. And, and, you know, more and more there, there's a lot more people these days, uh, you know, things have kind of reset in a lot of ways and, and a lot of, a lot more people are, are, you know, have kind of figured out, you know, like, like why the heck am I sitting in traffic when I can do the same thing from home, you know? And so, so a lot of, you know, now I never really had a job that, you know, I, that, that I could actually do from home, but like, like my wife did. And, um, so, you know, out here on the road, she's, she's actually got a job now, now she doesn't make near the money that she did in the office, but she can do it all remotely. And, you know, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take a 40% cut in pay, right. If, if you can, you know, work your own schedule or, 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 or this or that. So, um, and, and, you know, a lot of people are finding, um, you know, more flexibility and stuff now. So, um, hopefully that'll kind of, I'm really hoping that that'll open a lot of doors, you know, for a lot of people out there, you know, so it seems like with podcasting and writing coming, kind of making more of a comeback where people are more interested in learning things. Hopefully there'll be a lot more of us that can get to a point where we can do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. And, um, you know, it's hopefully that, you know, you know, your, your listeners out there that, you know, maybe they're on the fence and, uh, you know, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, they, they can get out there and, you know, do some of the things that, that they want to do too. Cause you know, you just, you just don't know, man. I mean, it, you know, it just started hitting me like, like I'm almost 50 years old. And I mean, I don't know like how many people I went to high school are just freaking dead, you know, already that like, like, you know, the older you get, it's like, holy crap. Uh, you know, that, that guy died, you know, and, you know, I don't mean to sound fatalistic, you know, but you, you just don't know. We're not, we're not guaranteed anything. And, you know, it's real important to, to, to have as many experiences and, and things as you can, you know. Say going to another little bit different of a topic, uh, considering that you were referring to conspiracies a little bit earlier, what are some of your favorite conspiracies to follow? Oh gosh. I mean, pretty much if it's a, a conspiracy, like I'll, I'll listen to it. I, I don't believe all of, them, but, <laughs> but I'll, li I'll listen to you, but, um, I, uh, gosh, what's my favorite conspiracy? Uh, I mean, or if you yeah. got a couple, yeah, well, I mean, this one's kind of stupid, right? But, <laughs> but I believe it. Um, so like you, 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 hey, well, you're young, so you, 
a lot. See, that's the thing. I kind of date myself with some of these, but any of your old listeners out there that were a kid in the eighties or something, if you remember new Coke, the new Coke conspiracy is like kind of one of my, <laughs> one of my favorites, just cause it's so stupid, but I absolutely believe it. So like in the eighties, um, like Coke, all of a sudden, I guess it was 1985. So I would have been, you know, uh, 12 years old. So they just come out with this like new formula for Coke. And I mean, it was like, dude, it was terrible. I mean, just, it was awful. It was not even as I like, I prefer Coke over Pepsi, you know, like, like far and above, but it was like way worse than Pepsi. I mean, it was like, just, just like terrible. And so like, it's just like a total flop and everybody's making fun of them and everything. And like, you know, like down the road, right. They reintroduce Coke and they call it Coca-Cola classic. And that's what you see on the cans, right? Coca-Cola classic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so everybody thought that that was just cause it was a flop and this and that, but I'm telling you, if you ever had a Coke, before the coca-cola classic it's not quite the same and so i think and a lot of people think this by the way that uh that that the new coke was just was really just a conspiracy by the uh coca-cola executives to be able to reintroduce coke but use cheaper ingredients and you know, and therefore the, the Coke doesn't taste quite the same. So I don't care what anybody says. The closest thing that tastes like uh, what Coke used to taste like before they, you know, reintroduced the uh, classic Coke. You know, if you ever have been to um, like a, you know, like a, like a store that sells, uh, you know, Latina food or Latino food and, you know, or, or, you know, serves a, you know, Latin community uh, clientele and they've got the Cokes that, that are actually made in Mexico. Mm -hmm. That's what Coke used to taste like. And it ain't even close to, uh, you know, to, to what Coke is. So that's one of my favorite conspiracies. Of course, there's no way to prove it or anything, but, uh, and that's a harmless conspiracy. Of course. I mean, like, like who cares, you know, it's not you know, nothing evil behind it, but, uh, another conspiracy that, um, I'm actually kind of writing about both of these, uh, you know, I kind of gave a little nod to the new Coke conspiracy and also to, um, I've, I, uh, the, uh, the John w Wilkes Booth got away. Um, I've always kind of been into that, you know, um, there was a book that, uh, that, that talked, uh, I think it was like in 1907 that talked about, uh, you know, how this guy showed up like in, uh, I want to say it's Grandview, Texas, but anyway, it's just kind of like this weird dude that looked kind of just like John Wilkes Booth and he quoted Shakespeare and all that stuff. And, and supposedly, um, you know, it wasn't John Wilkes Booth that the, uh, federal soldiers, uh, killed in the barn, you know, in uh, Port Royal, Virginia, but it was a guy that helped John Wilkes Booth escape. And he looked, you know, he had dark hair like him and, and all that. And he had some letters and, and things, 
that uh, of John Wilkes Booth on his person, you know, when he was killed. So that kind of like helped them identify him. Plus, you know, there's a lot of pressure to, you know, to make sure you got the man that, that nabbed Lincoln. But what I find interesting about the whole thing is, um, you know, the, uh, descendants of, of booths, uh, of booth, um, you know, had, uh, wanted his, uh, you know, body exhumed from the cemetery. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, you know, a, a judge, uh, did not allow them to do that. And the man that, uh, was shot and killed that was supposed to be John Wilkes Booth anyway, was shot in the neck, right. And a couple of his uh, vertebrae are in the uh, national museum of medicine in DC. And so the, the Wilkes Booth family has, uh, you know, tried to, uh, get the museum to, you know, extract some DNA and to compare it to their own, but they won't do it. I mean, why not? You know, That's true. You know why not? I mean, I, I, th I think everybody knows that the government might've got the wrong man, you know, so they're just kind of, um, you know, not, not getting to the bottom of the story. Oh, of course. So, you know, before we start wrapping up here a little bit. One thing that I like to usually do is, uh, Leave us some words of wisdom. So if you had anything that you could say to leave as words of wisdom for the listeners, what would it be? Well, I mean, I think I've, I've already said it. Um, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you know, you know, get out there and do, you know, uh, it, you know, if you, if you want to write, you know, and, and, you know, maybe you are stuck in a rat race job, you know, but you could still, you know, you, you can still start working on a book or, or start cataloging some research, you know, if you like to, you know, if you like to travel, you know, maybe you can't afford to, maybe you can't afford to go to Easter Island. I mean, join the club, but you know, maybe you can go to, um, you know, to some cool place within, uh, or some offbeat cool place, uh, within driving distance to your home. You know, just start doing some of those things that, that you've been putting off or wanting to do. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm a big believer in that. I mean, you, life is all about experiences. That's, that's what it's all about. And, you know, when you die, you want to, you want to not have any regrets about that place you didn't go or, or things like that. It's, it's not going to be about, you know, I, I wish I would have done a better job rearranging my shed or, or spent more hours, uh, you know, at the shop or, or this or that it, it's going to be, you know, you know, what are those places I went, you know, who, who did I, um, you know, who did I interact with along the way, things like that. So just, just get out there and do those things you want to do. Since you have a life, the way that you or live your life, the way that you do, uh, what do you think is going to be your next destination that you try to try to explore? Well, um, I am right now, um, in Massachusetts and, um, so I'm really, um, trying to get a little Intel on, uh, the Bridgewater triangle. Some of your listeners might've heard of that. That's supposedly, uh, a place in Massachusetts. Uh, it's, um, a lot of weird, uh, sightings, uh, UFOs, orbs, just a lot of weird things going there. And I'm, I'm trying to gather a little information like, uh, you know, where's the best place for me to check out and things like that. So in the, in the, in the weeks to come, I'll definitely be making a few trips into there. And then, and then after that, um, 
into next month, like in June, I'll be up in Maine, um, you know, exploring some places up there. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So if anybody was trying to find your books or they're trying to find you, uh, how would they do, th- do so? Uh, my books, best thing, um, just go to Amazon. All my books are on Amazon. Um, you can also, uh, find me on uh, denvermichaels.net that's my website i have a blog make a make a couple posts uh, each week and i've got uh, i've got links to my books and, and stuff there too um i'm real active on twitter i've got a uh, facebook page just look up author denver michaels and uh i got a youtube channel uh, author denver michaels so uh, you can you can find me there and uh, like i said all my books are on amazon I've really enjoyed this conversation today. I'd love to have you back on when you write your next book if you're interested. Yeah, man. Uh, you know how to get a hold of me anytime you want to talk. Thanks again for uh, coming on today. And for all yeah. the listeners that enjoyed the conversation, I'm glad that you stuck around and I hope you enjoyed it. Have a great night, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.